Today, I'm bringing you three things that you can do to improve your public speaking skills and get over the fear of getting on that stage straight from my speaker coach himself. Let's go. Hey friend, welcome to the Sustain Your Success podcast. This is the place where we do the inner work for entrepreneurs, finally discover how to sustain your success, truly surrender and enjoy life to its fullest. Hi, I'm Dr. Liana Rodriguez. I'm a business success mentor for high performance entrepreneurs like you and a specialist at unlocking your next level with ease. My background in medicine trained me to see the bigger picture when you can't. As a 2-4 splenic projector, I intuitively piece the big picture together for you and get to the root of what's holding you back. It's time to finally create a sustainable energetic strategy for your business and biotune your way into a balanced masculine and feminine flow. So grab your headphones and your favorite drink. It's time to upgrade your mindset and truly enjoy your next level of success. Friends, I'm so excited today. I'm bringing you my own speaker coach because he is an expert. And I promise you, if you had heard me do any sort of video or you look up my early YouTube days of what I used to say, the lectures I used to give, they're cringeworthy. And for me to go from that to actually having the courage to get on a podcast and be super visible, I'm telling you, he's worked his magic. I've gotten to where I am today because of his inspiration. I want to introduce to you Tabari Beyond, who is a broadcaster of 25 plus years. He is also a voice, theater, and movie actor. He's been in movies alongside Will Smith. He's also been a Mississippi R&B announcer of the year. He's a brand ambassador for multiple mainstream corporations. He's also been a state journalist award winner. He's also reported on and been featured in the news for tons of social activism. And he's an entertainer where he's performed on stages as prestigious as Carnegie Hall, the Essence Music Festival, the Apollo Theater in New York City. And he regularly hosts events for up to as many as 10,000 people. Like he gets arenas up on their feet. So I bring you Tabari, my speaker coach. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Wow. I am so humbled to be here because like you said, the things that you've experienced and the ways that you have grown, I'm just in awe to seeing the development over time. So thank you for having me. This is great. And yeah. I'm going to say this. I'm a little nervous. So there you go. Me, the coach, being nervous. This is crazy. You're nervous because this is like a total role reversal, right? Right, now. it is. You're you're right because it's like I remember before you were in my seat and I'm walking you through a few things and a few techniques and changing in mindset and now who you are talking to me. So this is like okay. And I have to say, you really do spark inspiration in people mm. with your speaking skills, and that's why I wanted to bring you on because I know that a lot of the people listening are trying to put themselves out there on social mm -hmm. media. They're trying to do more video. And now, you know, on social media, video right. is the thing. Oh, yeah. And the people that are listening are pretty much change makers. Yeah. We're change makers. We're disruptors. Mm -hmm. And we have information that's life changing for 
the world. Right. And right. so I really want people to get out of their own way and feel comfortable sharing what they want to share. But it's scary. Yeah. Right. It's oh, scary. Yeah. And it's also very confronting. I mean, you come up against yourself mm-hmm. when you have to like get up in front of people. I mean, fear of public speaking is a real thing. Yes, it's it one is. of the biggest fears. We all know that. Right, right. And there's so many things that come up and come along with it, including imposter syndrome, because all of a sudden you start questioning whether you're an expert and you should mm-hmm. be speaking about what you're speaking about. Oh, yeah. And then not only is there the mindset that your mind packs into your nervous system, there's a physical, visceral, bodily response that goes with it all. Right. That makes it undeniable. So like (laughs) that just sets you off and it's like, forget it. Like it's always like, it's easier to not even start. It's even, it's like, okay, to get over my fear, I've even Googled like, okay, how do I become a better copywriter? Let me just be a writer. <laughs> Screw video. Like everyone has their lane. I'm just going to start writing. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, no, you should really mm-hmm. do video. And then every time I went to like one of my mastermind meetings with my mentor, I'd come back defeated because I'm like, I got to do video. He keeps saying to do video. I know <laughs> I need to do it. And you helped me. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much. It's a challenge. And I'm sure you would attest to it's not something that you master all at one time. You know, it's always a process and you're always going to have some form of anxiety. Even myself, after doing it for 20 some odd years. Really? I still get nervous and I I, I still have those thoughts of imposter syndrome pop up. And it's like, okay, I know I'm not supposed to feel this, but I'm feeling it. So what do I do? And time is running out because they're about to call me on stage. So, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay, what do I do? It's a process. So anybody that's going through the challenges of public speaking, just know that you always have those challenges, but how you handle those challenges change based off of how well you change your mindset to the work and continue to be fearless enough to put yourself out there and keep public speaking. Well, first of all, thank you for admitting Mm. that someone who's been in front of arenas up to (laughs) 10,000 people, including some of the hardest events, I think, are like boring weddings where you have to inspire people to get up dancing. That's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, it takes some determination. And sometimes you have to step outside of yourself and your own personal feelings of and your own personal ego and say, look, it's about the work. It's about what it is I want to inspire in others. And that becomes more important than our anxieties and our fears. I love that. And the fact that at every level, as you grow Mm -hmm. and the bigger the next level things that you do. So, you know, mm-hmm. going from just like maybe like a Facebook live video to being in person on the news to something mm-hmm. even bigger than that, maybe like a syndicated show, like right. at every level, you're going to encounter that imposter syndrome. And I, I love how you said it so eloquently, but I'm just, just summing it up mm-hmm. at every level you meet that mm-hmm. some, sort form, of, of some form of mm-hmm. that imposter syndrome and It's not that it goes away. It's just that you get better at handling it. Yes, exactly. I love that. So how do people really get over this fear? What's the biggest thing? First things first, it is mindset. Number one, you know, if you don't feel confident in what you're doing, then you won't do it. Let's just be honest. The biggest obstacle to will is won't. Once you make your mind up that you won't do it, then Mm -hmm. the will won't be there. So the thing is, once you focus on that mindset, 
then you say, look, I've got to do it. Don't give yourself a choice not to do it. And then you start focusing what I would probably say three keys to your public speaking. I would probably say, um, you know, focusing on your body language. That's a lot of times you're so focused on what it is that you're going to say, how you're going to say it, what you don't say, not realizing that your body could be saying something totally different. So what I like to coach people on is how you're saying it, what it is, how you're standing, are your arms folded, are you opened up, are your hands on your hips? Um, There's times where I will give a person uh, an exercise where instead of being themselves, you, you say it like a superhero. You know, if you're Superman, how would you say the exact same thing that you just said? And miraculously, your body will change and your attitude will change and your confidence will change because you stop being yourself at that point. So let me stop you right there, because I think you kind of said two different things. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to focus on that first one, which I think is really important, mm -hmm. which is body language. Yes. Because in one of my past episodes, I was talking about how our nervous system can induce relaxation in mm -hmm. other people. So, you know, when you're connecting with someone else and you're having a conversation and you're being very present, when you look them in the eye, mm -hmm. you can have a coherent energy with them when you're adjusting the muscles of your upper face. So like, let's say mm -hmm. we're talking and, oh, I understand what you're saying because I'm listening. So my eyebrows go up, yes. right? My eyes light up. So yes. it's like you utilizing that sort of body language to show your audience or right. people that you're connecting with them or you're listening. And even if you have a one-way speech, mm -hmm. you want to be utilizing, right? right? Like that sort of body language. And being able to recognize that body language in your audience. You know, oh, your audience yeah. is, is nodding along as you're saying certain points. Just as you said, the eyebrows as well. Some of them, you can see them lean forward as you are enticing them with certain points and whatever it is that you're, you're talking about. All of those things are a communication, nonverbal cues that tell you that, OK, they're interested, they're engaged and they're locked in on what it is that you have to say. All right. So practicing body language, maybe in the mirror, right? Yes, is definitely a good idea. In the mirror. Definitely in the mirror. So I talk to myself a lot. And that's good. <laughs> in the bathroom, yes. in the mirror, mm -hmm. because I'm practicing <laughs> and it's funny, you know, nobody's around listening to me, right? So when people are around and they're like, what are you doing in there? Right. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> nothing. But I think it's important to practice in the mirror because now more than ever, we're on Zoom. Yeah. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram or whatever, live streaming, right. and you're watching yourself right. on camera. We're not used to seeing ourselves. Right. <laughs> we're right. not used to seeing ourselves. So I love that. And as we're doing the Zoom, we are also watching the body language of others. Yeah. You know, what type of body language is everybody on the screen showing as we talk? Yeah, I think it's really important to ask people to turn their cameras on mm -hmm. and you can go through the gallery. Like, this is what I do. I go through the gallery and I find someone who's really engaged with me and mm. I focus on them. That's good. I've even, between you and I <laughs> and everyone listening, <laughs> I pin someone. Like, I'll mm -hmm. pin them so that I can make sure that my nervous system right. is relaxed. Because when you see someone engaged and you see their cues, like right. you said, nonverbal communication, connecting with you, that 
immediately puts you at ease as right. a speaker, right? Exactly. Knowing that what you're saying is landing. Mm-hmm. And so I know when I'm on Facebook Live, I'm normally like, throw me some hearts. <laughs> <Yeah>. Type yes. <laughs> like, come on, guys, give me mm-hmm. something, you know, and that like helps me. Okay, so practicing body language and not just for yourself, but also mm-hmm. looking for it in your audience. The second thing you said was acting like a superhero. Let's talk about that, impersonating somebody else. Yes, yes. See, the thing is, a lot of times when we are practicing whatever speech that we're going to give or or speaking engagement that we're going to involve ourselves in, we're focused on who we are, how we are, and what we're going to say. The thing is, in focusing on ourselves, we put ourselves in the way, our anxieties. how, How does my hair look? Does this dress make me look fat or is there food in my tea? All of those things run through our mind and we totally forget the reason that we're there. The reason that we're there is whatever reason that they asked us to, asked us to speak in the first place. Now, a good way to take ourselves out of that is to become someone else. How would that speech that you're going to give land if you were your your mother, your father, you know, a person that you could actually impersonate, maybe a coworker, maybe a boss. It could seem kind of funny in the process of you practicing it. However, you'll notice that your focus is not so much on your own insecurities, it's more so on the innuendos that the person you're impersonating is coming through in your communication. And you get to the point where you start to focus on what you're saying, how you're saying it, how it lands, because you're not thinking about yourself and you get yourself out of the way. So impersonation of somebody else, do it as many other personations of people that you can. And um, eventually you come back to yourself and do that same speech. You will notice that there's a big difference and there's more confidence because now you've gone all the way around the world. You know what to say, how to say it, when to say it. And you're that more in tune with your audience. Okay, so (laughs) you said a lot. That's so good because I want to share that when we did this together, Mm -hmm. I remember this is like five years ago that we did this. Mm -hmm. And I was so resistant (laughs) to do. Do you remember? I remember that. How I was like, I was almost arguing with you. (laughs) This is a waste of time. I don't know why we're doing this. Right. I have to talk about the triangle of health. Right. And this is not going to help me do that. Like yes. sounding like Big Bird is not <laughs> going to help me do that. Let's move on. Right. And so because to me, it just in my mind. So I'm, you know, I'm very back then I was really left brained and very logical, you mm-hmm. know, like in my doctor mode. And I was like, all right, well. I couldn't connect the dots. And so because I was so entrenched in like medicine and looking at lab results and mm-hmm. helping patients, I couldn't like get into that creative mode. Right. right? And right. and it was hard for me to break out of that and impersonate someone. And you were like, OK, so just do characters. And so mm-hmm. it's like, OK, I don't know, Big Bird, like mm-hmm. actual funny characters. But I did do it. And then um, I saw that it did incite some change. Like mm-hmm. I did notice I was able to. It was almost a relief mm. to come back into myself and just be able to be myself. Right. And like, oh, thank goodness. I don't have to like try so hard to sound like this right. <laughs> cartoon character. Because <laughs> you were giving me, remember, you were just saying, do this movie character, do this, do that. And I would That's just right. have to do it on the fly. And it was feeling really hard. But eventually, I was able to break out of the seriousness of mm. it all. Yeah. And creativity and energy just started flowing through me. There you go. Because at its core, public speaking is an art form. You are a communication artist. 
when you are being a good public speaker. You're creating and you're inspiring, but you're doing it with words physically and through your body language vocally. You are a communication artist as a public speaker. And even if you're doing a podcast like this, mm -hmm. you still have to use body language. Oh, yes. Right? Like, Definitely. I'm not just sitting here with my hands folded in my lap right. and my, my shoulders forward. Like, right. I'm opening my chest. I'm speaking with my hands. It's mm -hmm. not just because I'm Puerto Rican. Like, I'm trying to move the energy in my yes. body to help also push my voice out. There so it's go. not just technical using your core and pushing mm -hmm. voice out and all that. It's also for energetics. There you go. There you go. Plus, it's natural. You know, when you're doing what's natural, yeah. Yeah. you feel that you're speaking in your truth. It's hard to deliver your truth if you're acting in an unnatural way. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah. Oh, my. It's like a total mic drop. It's <laughs> so good. Okay. What else can you do? So um, I would say one another good thing would probably be your own devil's advocate. Challenge yourself. You know, let's say you've done your speech and, and you've been in the mirror and you've done the different characters. We'll do that last character. That would be the the heckler, you know, the person who questions you on everything that you've talked about, the things that you said and didn't say. And then that teaches you to anticipate all the things that you would be afraid to hear or experience when you do the public speaking. You know, if someone's going to ask you about the growth that you didn't delve deep into already anticipate what it's going to be that you're going to talk about, what it is that they're going to say. It's, it's like playing chess with a ghost opponent, so to speak, you know, shadow boxing with words, if you will. Mm. So that's what it kind of comes down to. Challenge your own self. Be your own devil's advocate as you're delivering your speech or making your spiel. It'll help you to anticipate. And at the end of the day, once you've got that down, you're not really as scared because you already know in advance how to handle any hiccups that may come up as you do your speaking engagement. Okay, hiccups as in like hecklers, oh, yeah. haters, oh, people yeah. trying to <laughs> come at you oh, yeah. and you disprove know, you. You know, people talk about a wide range of, you know, in this day and age where everybody's afraid of being canceled and yeah, everything yeah. else, what you say, how you say, you may have to speak on some polarizing subjects, politics, religion, could be things that you have to anticipate. And it makes you look like a very, very advanced public speaker when you're able to concisely, politely and professionally handle your detractors just as well as you um, preach to the choir, so to speak. Yeah. OK, I could unpack a lot of that, <laughs> a lot of it. This is super important, especially for a lot of people listening. Yeah. Because, like I said, the people listening to this are change makers, the disruptors, oh, yeah. coaches, practitioners. What we're trying to do is incite change. And we may have an opinion that's unpopular. That's right. So a lot of us get hung up because we think that people are not going to like what we have to say. Right. Because it's not mainstream. Right. This is a real fear, though. Like, oh, yeah. Cancel culture is oh, real, yeah, right? Real, this yeah. is real. Yeah. It happens. And then there's also other factors that fall into it, especially if maybe you're a female mm -hmm. or a person of color, right? right like there's right. all these other things that. So I think that arguing your points against yourself, like being ready is mm -hmm. super important to know. So like testing yourself against those questions, like right. what answers could you give? And I think that's helped me too. Like I've tried to think of all the different types of answers I would give people right. if I got those challenging questions. There you go. And it's like, all right, how could I answer this? And like you said, in a polite and professional way is what makes you look like a polished speaker. That's correct. And the other thing about that is 
just being able to address mm -hmm. people in a way that is non-confronting also takes some energy management right right you have to like know how to handle your feelings because you can be on stage in front of tons of people mm -hmm. and if someone's kind of coming at you with some questions that feel confronting oh, yeah. and changing like making you feel a little upset and angry mm -hmm. like you've got to manage feelings in oh, front yeah. of people so it's almost like emotional intelligence also <laughs> has to come into play right 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 and what you're talking about is the same thing. A lot of um, political coaching when it comes to public speaking, they, they do it all the time when you're in some sort of town hall setting and they're having to ask questions and answer questions or they're in debates. A lot of politicians have to go through and learn what the other side is going to say in order to be able to convey that and to be able to convey that with some sort of decorum. Being able to convey that with some sort of confidence because everything plays. Body language plays. If someone asks you something and you look physically rattled, the audience picks up on your energy. You're transferring that energy. So being able to anticipate any criticism is always good. Also, too, again, we're talking about mindset. Enjoy the criticism. Try to absorb it. Because the criticism is going to make you better. It's going to forge you better. It's going to force you to go back, do your homework, do your research and be that much better. OK. Also, criticism shows that they are listening to you. Mm -hmm. You know, you mess around and get up there and, and speak and nobody has anything to say. That could be very, very daunting as well when some, no one has any questions, no one has any feedback. Yeah. However, when someone has something to say, even if it is criticism, it's, oh, OK, so you are listening to what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. Now, this is an opportunity in front of everyone else to bring them in and to demonstrate just how knowledgeable you are at what you're talking about. So good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> criticism. Yeah. Yeah. That is a very unpopular opinion. That You're right. It is. But again, a lot of times, and I'm sure you know, the growth happens from the uncomfortable, yeah. exactly. you know, from the exactly. inconvenience. Yes. Criticism is so inconvenient. However... Once we overcome it, once we take what that challenge is and overcome it and, and go through it, you realize in many cases, it's not as bad as we thought it was. Plus, we learn something from ourselves in the process. A lot of times as speakers, we already have what we want to say in advance, in a bag, in a can, what it is we want to say. The criticism or sometimes fastball comes at us from nowhere. Now we've got to think fast. Now it's like, OK, let me go into my bag and see what it is, how much I do know. And then the actual authentic you comes from that communication, because now you're not coming from the talking points. You're coming from the heart. And in many cases, that's your strong suit. When you're able to speak from your passions, you delve deeper into your purpose and what you are talking about. That shows to your audience and that that ties them into what you're saying, how you're saying it even more. That's so good. And that actually is why it's so important to regulate your nervous system, mm, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're just in a state of so much stress and anxiety yes. about like on stage or you're so overwhelmed that you just want to shut down, then you can't access creativity or your higher brain resources, right. like your higher brain function to think on your toes, right? right? To speak from your heart, to be your authentic you, because your nervous system isn't safe, right? right. It's not a time to be authentic and right. heart opened. One of the things I've really enjoyed about the experience of being your mentor, but also seeing your growth, I've learned a lot from you. 
there's been a lot of experiences and, and I've shared those with you of, of different engagements. And for me, it's just an experience of what I'm going through and I'm translating that to you. But you being able to break it down on a health and, and, and chemistry wise and what is actually happening, that really brought me to like, oh, OK, so this is what's happening. How can I regulate this? How can I combat this? How can I grow in a health wise? Maybe I need to do more of this or less of this. A lot of times I was thinking it was just my own personal anxieties. But how you break it down about fight or flight and about all of that was just like, OK, I understand the science of it. And I appreciate that for you teaching me that. Yeah, you're welcome. We can't think our way out of anxieties yeah. sometimes. Those situations, our body kicks in and right. it takes over. You're right. And it's all about where you're at when you're going into the situation. Right. I know countless times before I've gone to speak on the news, mm. before the TV show. Yeah, so TV show. Whoa. So you, <laughs> I didn't even mention this, Wow. but you helped me produce, you directed a TV show about functional medicine That's right. over five years ago. Right. You would show up to the studio and I would be a hot mess. <laughs> But ladies and gentlemen, you couldn't even tell. She would, once the camera got on in action, it was like, wow, she is incredible. Okay, but here's the thing. I was a hot mess a few minutes before and you had to coach me yeah. into that state. Yeah. It was hard though, because like we had to mindset. logically and use mindset to get myself in a state where I all, I mean, because the lights in the studio, yep. that's daunting. Yes. But when, you know, in a TV studio. And you're studio. on a timetable. You, know, you're on you a can time only table. be in there for so long. Yeah, yeah. You've right. got studio time. Someone <laughs> right. else is coming in. Right. But the problem was I was already walking into that situation with my body in fight or flight right. in threatened already. And right. it was so hard for you to get me to calm down. Right. I remember. And I would be like, okay, I'm doing this Tabari, but my heart, just so you know, <laughs> is about to come out of my mouth. That's what's happening. Yes. That is <laughs> so times. right. That, that is so fun right. times. Anyway, more proof, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> like you say, for you to regulate your nervous system. Right. All right. I want to give everyone a real life situation. Oh, wow. Just like what we talked about. Oh, right? Man. So me doing the TV mm -hmm. show and getting myself in a state to be able to deliver and be high performing. Yeah. Despite how anxious I was and how much imposter syndrome I had. Mm -hmm. How do we handle a real life situation mm -hmm. when we're already in fight or flight, or right. when it hits us and the anxiety hits, where's the rubber meet the road? How do we handle that? Well, as fate would have it, just last week, I had to do an event for uh, Mississippi Centers for Autism. They asked me to be the host, break the ice, so to speak, manage the crowd, and of course, handle speakers and that sort of thing. Now, full disclosure, I am not an expert on autism at all, Okay. That doesn't hit me until <laughs> 10 minutes before it's time for me to go on stage. Oh, gosh. You know, and, and by that time, I'm walking in the doors and I'm seeing 350 to 400 people out in the audience. And I'm like, oh, and I'm seeing, you know, prestigious people there. The mayor's over there. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, this is OK. Well, what, wait a minute now. So I'm not an expert on autism, you know. What am I going to say? I have no idea of statistics. I've done no homework, no research. I just showed up to speak and talk. And now I, what the heck am I going to do? Oh, wow. So I mean, 10 minutes in counting. So at that point, what is it that I do know? I do know that I care, number one. So I do care. 
about autism and I do care about people who are going through the challenge of living with autism. I know that. I know also that within this 400 people, they care. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. So maybe that is the basis for what I'm going to talk about. The fact that we're caring, that I'm not alone, that they're not alone. The fact that maybe it's a great thing that so many people care. Maybe I need to get up and celebrate the fact that all of these people care. That's why they're there. And that was my way of breaking the ice, just celebrating the fact that all these people care and showed up on this night to celebrate and to stand behind their loved ones, co-workers who have autism. And that was my way of breaking the ice and getting around the fact that I'm not an expert, but they didn't ask me to be there to be an expert. That's not what they asked me there for. They asked because I'm a pretty good communicator. But at the same time, they asked me because they know I would care. And sometimes when you're doing public speaking and you're wondering what the heck am I going to talk about, they're asking you to be there because in one way or another way, you provide something that they need and take some sort of solace in the fact that you're, you've been asked, first of all, to yeah. provide that, you know, otherwise they would have asked someone else. Yeah. So you're there because you should be there. And the whole imposter syndrome, it hit me that night. And I'm like, oh, gosh, they should have got someone else to do this. I mean, why didn't they just get the president to talk, the president of the center, you know? But I was there because I was supposed to be. And I brought something there differently than what the president, who also was there, and I had to bring him up and introduce him and, and that sort of thing. And everything went incredibly well. I was very impressed. They were very impressed. But that imposter syndrome is always with you, regardless of how many times you learn to deal with it, what techniques you practice. It's going to be with you, but you're going to overcome it because you're going to change your mindset. That's so good. <laughs> I love that you shared how you talked yourself out of it mm -hmm. because you weren't dealing with something like that the same way right. 25 years ago when you first started being on the radio. Right. Well, in those particular cases, I was in places that I expected to talk. And I expected people were, I was in a very small and specific, I would say, bubble because I was there to talk to specific people that I already knew and I already knew the subject matter. So for the most part, it was softballs. They were throwing me softballs and I was knocking them out the park. But what do you do when you're asked to speak at an engagement that you don't know who's all going to be there? You don't necessarily know the subject matter in a way that makes you an authority or an expert. What do you do then? What type of research? What type of techniques? And over time, you know, and this is what I coach people through. What are some of the ways to dissect what the best strategy to break the ice, to carry through your, your conversation? And also, you got to stick to dismount. How do you leave once you're finished when you're finished talking? That's just as important as how you break the ice. You got to stick to dismount. This is a big thing to me as a doctor, mm -hmm. my knowledge, like, okay, so I was an expert in what I was talking about. So that wasn't a problem, but it was the delivery and being personable. Like I felt very boring. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to break the ice. It was just like, hi, everyone. My talks <laughs> at the library, I was giving PowerPoint slides yeah, yeah. and I'd be like, hello, everyone. I'm Dr. <laughs> Liana Rodriguez. And today we're going to talk all about gluten. Right. And it was the slide set that literally saved my life mm -hmm. because I didn't have like a personable 
signature speech. Right. I didn't have like a talk and I'd, I wasn't well versed at that point to really have that back and like play with energy in the right. audience because it's really energy that it you're really playing with. It really is energy. That's right. So I love that you said that it's like having techniques and strategies mm-hmm. to deal with icebreakers, right. being more personable. And then like, how do you dismount? Like, how do you end it? In a professional and kind of more nonchalant sort of way, because mm-hmm. a lot of coaches and practitioners and people in service industries don't want to sound icky right. with sales if right. we're making an offer at the end of our speech. Right. And so how do you do? It's like that's always a looming question, right? right. How, so how do we deliver content that's dry? Mm-hmm. And then also a lot of the time we're in that left brain and we feel like we're boring. Mm-hmm. I know that's something that I've heard a lot of people Right. Say. Also, too. And seeing your growth, I remember you having so many things in your presentation. Oh, yeah. That it would not allow you to be as free flowing because you were trying to get everything in. Everything yeah. had to be in and everything had to be set a particular way. And sometimes having too much information doesn't allow you to be as free and open in your speech. And a lot of those things. Once you've said everything, it doesn't allow your audience to be able to ask you questions. If you've said everything, then they have no reason to ask you to delve more into what it is that your specialty is. And in many cases, if you're 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 selling something, you don't want to give everything out at one time. You want people to engage and then call your number or hit your website up. You want to entice them into that. So seeing your growth and not giving everything but doing enough to where you entice people to want to engage. That is the key. Getting people to engage, listen to what you're saying and share because the speaker learns from the audience just as the audience learns from the speaker. And I think I'm going to repeat what you just said about not giving everything. So Mm -hmm. sometimes when we say, and I learned this too, you've helped me through this, is not saying too much because right. actually it's too complicated. That's, that's so correct. So you actually can have more impact by saying less. Yeah, exactly. And it's a paradox. So science people <laughs> like myself, <laughs> right? We want to tell everyone everything. Yes, we don't yes. want you to miss a beat. Yes. We want to share everything that we know because it is literally life-changing. Right. But when someone like you comes and tells us, (laughs) we're not supposed to tell everyone everything. It's like so counterintuitive. It just feels wrong in our body because we're literally trained to just bleed Mm -hmm. out and like give everything and just tell. Right. So as a speaker coach, what is it that you can help people do? Mm. Okay. Well, what I do in a nutshell, is I help people create strategies to become more comfortable in their own skin when public speaking, whether that's on stage or online, in order to deliver their message more authentically so that they can translate the value of what they have to offer more effectively. And I also help them learn how to deal with that imposter syndrome we talked about earlier, whenever that comes up. Typically takes about 15, 20 minutes, um, a good conversation, For me to kind of adapt to your personality because, you know, I spent so many years broadcasting and being a voice actor and and that sort of thing. So one of my skills from doing that is being able to get in tune with a person's personality. Um, What are some of the strengths, weaknesses, their deliveries, Uh, almost like a chameleon. It's kind of like kind of sink in that way. I can listen to what you do 
help you adapt to all those different adversities. Then I teach you how to basically 10x your personality so that you can be more magnetic to your audience whenever you're public speaking or having to make a delivery. I'm all about being more magnetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love <laughs> energy, being magnetic. I'm all about that because I also believe that when you are more yourself mm-hmm. and you show up more authentically, you also attract more of the people that mm-hmm. you want to work with. 100%. You're going to find your people. They're going right. to find you and they're going to be like, that's my person. Yes. That's who I want to work with. Right. They want to feel that authenticity every time. Thank you so much, Tabari. Thank you. This has been such an enlightening conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I really hope that people take some of the things that you've shared in this conversation and Mm -hmm. put them into action because they've really skyrocketed my ability to go on stage and speak to audiences Mm. with much less fear. And that's the key, being able to get out of your own way so that you can be your full authentic self and reach your full potential and ultimately get the results that you want. That's what it's all about. All right, my friends, if you would love to know how you can work with Tabari so that you can improve your stage presence and public speaking skills, I'll put his information down in the show notes. And until next time, sending the highest of vibes your way. Are all the pieces starting to come together? You were built for this. Let's keep the life and business longevity buzz going over in my Facebook group called Sustain Your Success for Lucrative Ladies. And if you found any value in this episode, I would love if you left me a review so that I can help other women just like you. I just want you to know that this podcast is for educational informational purposes only and solely as a self-help tool for your own use. Even though I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor, and I am not providing medical, psychological, or nutrition therapy advice. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat any health problems or illnesses without consulting your own medical practitioner. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific health situation.